0: Hello and welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. I'm Heidi Mark, coach and biggest cheerleader for successful but secretly overwhelmed women. As well as weekly episodes here on the podcast, you can find out more about what I offer by going to heidemark.co.uk. Are you surprised at how completely overwhelmed you feel are you used to not only coping with your own life but helping others cope with theirs if so this episode is for you so if you're used to not only coping but being the reliable one often in a sea of chaos ring a bell if people ask you to do things because they know you'll get them done So you're the go-to person to get things done because you get things done. You don't let people down. If you've worked hard to get to a position of professional respect and you like that position for lots of reasons. But one of the reasons is that you can help people, that you can change how things are done. If you've a lot of people depending on you. So actually you're carrying quite a lot but you do this willingly. It's part of who you are. You just love helping people. You pride yourself on not letting people down. This is just part of who you are. You are somebody who copes well with their own life, who does a lot, achieves a lot, but suddenly you're feeling more and more overwhelmed. Then it can come as a real shock to realise that because it doesn't make any sense, if you're used to helping other people who are feeling overwhelmed, if you're the person that people come to and go, oh, just, I can't manage all of this, I can't work out how to do this, can you help me? Then it can be like a real feeling of threatening of who you are, because it doesn't make sense that you're overwhelmed. And it can actually feel like, well, to me, it felt like, it was something I should solve. I didn't know that. I didn't really understand what was going on when it happened to me. And so I'm just going to describe some of the things that might be coming up for you and just see if any of them resonate. So I think one of the biggest ones is inconvenient tear leakage. Now, I sent an email out a couple of weeks ago saying I was just recovering from an illness and I was feeling a bit teary. And one of the lovely people contacted me and said, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yes, I am." And there was a real reason I mentioned the fact I was feeling teary in that email, and that's because I'm now very comfortable. Now I've solved for myself the in and for my clients the inconvenient tear leakage and tears. So I don't know about you, but I'm very sensitive. I'm very emotional, and tears come easily to me so i'll cry at a film you know i'll cry at a baby animal i'll cry at a sunset it's just you know my partner says to me if i say oh and i was crying and he'll say well is that really surprising you know because i i am an emotional person but there's a difference to me between being having comfortable tears so for me the exhaustion after not feeling very well i noticed That I was a bit teary. And the reason I shared that very gently in an email was to make it normal. So it's okay to have tears, it's okay to be emotional. But what's not okay for us as successful professional women is to have inconvenient tear leakage. There's a difference. Inconvenient tear leakage isn't the kind of tears that come because you're happy or you're sad, where that's just a natural expression and you feel safe. Because it's, it's different, isn't it? Having sudden tears come at the joy of a sunset. You feel safe. That's that's being overwhelmed by the joy of the world. And it just, for me, it comes out physically. And it, it, and it probably does more so now because I'm so comfortable with it. So it's just like, oh, this is just so, my life's amazing. I love my life. And I recognize that because from listening to my body, that sometimes tears just want to come. And that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm always like happy about it. You know, sometimes I'm like trying to make a serious point in conversation and I'm crying and I'm just laughing at myself. going, For goodness sake, why am I crying? Because it, I don't always like that because sometimes it's for me, it's if for me, if it's taking away from what I'm trying to say, it annoys me. But it's not terrible because the kind of people I'm having those kind of deeply emotional conversations with are people who are close to me. So they know me so it's okay it's just like a bit annoying because like just ignore the tears just listen to what i'm saying i'm making a serious point <laughs> and it's actually usually results in some laughing about me being very sensitive and that's just that's gentle that's accepting that's all good inconvenient tear leakage is when you're in a meeting or you're driving home now there's a difference between those two isn't there because crying in the car on the way home is not as bad because nobody can see but it's still a problem I mean I remember having some real like major breaking out in tears and, and having to pull over because it actually wasn't particularly safe to drive so so the <laughs> the tear leakage on the way home isn't great either but at least it's not in public right because we want to save face I mean when you've When you've worked really, really hard to set up a business and have clients, or when you've worked really, really hard in a career and you've got into this position of respect and and you're valued, you don't want to lose that because you're really overwhelmed and it's resulting in inconvenient tear leakage. That's not okay. There's nothing okay about that. It's not safe. People will judge you. It does make you feel like you're losing it, and it's just horrid. And I, I would argue that that for me, actually, it, that, that in a way that was like not the icing on the cake, it's the opposite it, the icing on the cake. It's the final straw. It's like this isn't OK because I can't do my job and have inconvenient tear leakage because inconvenient tear leakage means, well, it's inconvenient. It's, it's going to come at the worst possible time. And that's not okay. That's that's like way we can avoid. You can avoid getting that stressed and overwhelmed. You can you can do something about the overwhelm well before that happens. And I highly recommend you do because that point is is it's really dodgy. Because if you end up crying in front of the wrong person, it can it can obviously really affect Um, how people see you at work. And it does matter. I'm not saying that in a pretend to be somebody other than you're not. Of course I'm not. My entire philosophy is that we get to be ourselves and it is by being ourselves that we get to have the successful life that actually suits us. The one we feel at home in. The one where there isn't any inconvenient tear leakage because we're not pushing ourselves to that brink all the time. To me, the inconvenient tear leakage appeared after i suppressed what was really happening after i my way of coping um as a sensitive introvert going into a highly stressful job was to put on a suit of armor to put on power boots to find like a theme tune for the day and all of those things are highly recommended aren't they people recommend them quite often to say how to get the best out of your day and they can work in the right way but if you're if you're using them to suppress the fact that actually you're really stressed, um, your life isn't working for you. You're you you're just not okay. You're just not. This isn't the life you intended. This isn't what you wanted. If you're if you're pushing down rather than listening to what's going on, then for for me, this is what I see for myself and clients is that you'll get this inconvenient tear leakage because it's the it's almost like it's the only way you can the stress can leave your body. It it might actually be that. I don't know. I haven't really, I'm not really interested in. Because I because I have an issue where I can get stuck in my head and over geek out on stuff. I've stopped reading about research in distress. You know, there's not actually that much research in tears when I last looked. There was only one person in the world really looking at tears. I hope there's more people now because I'm sure there's important things for us as humans to learn. Um, Anyway, I'm not interested in the why. You know, I have a psychology degree. I've I've studied um, with Zen master doing Zen yoga. So we've looked at at different stress levels and 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 the physiological consequences of that. I'm I'm not really interested. Why? Because if you're like me, there's enough stuff in your head. I mean, if you're like me, if you're like where I was, there's enough stuff in your head, and you don't really need more information. And if you do want it, you can go somewhere else. I'm not going to give you a lecture on stress, tears, all that kind of stuff, because I don't think you need it. Personally, I just don't think you need it. I got very, very, very into geeking out on research about, you know, meditation, mindfulness. It really didn't help me. (laughs) What I actually needed to do was deal with the overwhelm, look after myself better, and stop allowing my mind to rule the roost, because it was just destroying my health, and I wasn't really listening to what I really, really wanted to do. So let's just think about some of the other things that might be going on for you that point to overwhelm being the thing that I would recommend you deal with first. So one of this, another one is is trouble switching off. And I think we can all relate to this where we just get into the do, 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 do phase or mode. And then actually we get stuck in it. It's like the the on-off switch just doesn't work anymore. And ideally, we want to be able to move into the do phase with real clear priorities, really connected to what we actually want, the bigger picture, um, without any procrastination. So we just go, right, today I want to achieve this, bang, and we do it. And then when we're done, even though we're never done, Because that's life, right? There's always more to do, which is a good thing, but it can be difficult to manage. We can then switch off and do the other things we want to do. So, this ability to move from one mode to the next, that that flexibility, that lovely ability to flow between one. That, I mean, it's something I'm still practicing, but I know that I'm getting better and better at it. And this is what I help my clients do. The ability to say, actually, what I really, really want to do is take some time off and do nothing. Or what I really, really want to do is just sit and read my book. But I find that difficult because it's like, you know, being able to, its it's weird, isn't it, really? Because We work really hard to have a life where we can feel at home, where we have more freedom and choice and where we get to do things like have a nap on a Saturday afternoon or just go and read a whole novel or go to an exercise class or go for a walk or just do nothing or do lots. You know, like reorganise the whole attic or go for a promotion at work or build a business like the whole point is that we get to choose what we want to do and where our energy is going, where our attention is going, where our time is going. And what actually happens is as we get more and more overwhelmed, that's what we lose. The ability to switch on with purpose and switch off with purpose. We lose that when you want that back. Woo-hoo, let's just talk about some more things that might be going on for you first. So another thing is exhaustion. And I, by that, I mean, suddenly you can't recover. So in the past, you might have, have been able to, you know, overwork for a bit, get something done and then like take some time off or just slow down and like completely recover. And now you seem to have lost the ability to recover, and so that you you end up with this kind of like dragging heaviness of exhaustion. It's like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? And and then you might start looking at diet and exercise and stress relief techniques, and then it's like just more to do. So exhaustion, that inability to recover, I think it's really really important um, signal to to listen to. Um, loss of a sense of fun. So this. This sudden, like, it's really hard to, to just switch off and have fun. It's like everything's so serious because everything's become about coping and pushing on through in order to get stuff done so that then we can have a break and have fun. And, and it's that. I mean, it's related to the ability, isn't it, to switch off and to, re- to choose how you use your time and energy. But fun, I think, is a really important one because it's almost like we just get more and more serious. And it's not who we are. You know, it's like it's in, in this leads to the next one. It's like you just don't feel like yourself anymore. There's 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 some part of you missing or a connection to yourself missing. Now, there isn't part of you missing. I want to make this really clear. There's nothing wrong with you. It's it just it's it's the feeling that we're we're tapping into here. So these are all things that you can notice to what degree or if they're present for you at the moment. And that signals which just to me, it's useful information about what's going on for you so it may sound really depressing but actually it's not because these are common symptoms of severe overwhelm that i went through that my clients went through it's normal like that as soon as i tell you it's normal i hope you get a sense of relief like um oh that's okay then so we can do something about it because we can absolutely and then what happens is because we notice all of these things that feel like problems we start trying to solve them. So I mentioned before that I went through this whole phase of trying to solve the stress and the lack of energy by um, Googling how to sleep better, how to relax more, how to de-stress. I was using meditation, mindfulness, lot yoga, all of these things. And we can really get into this state of feeling like we are actually a project. We are a problem to be solved. And obviously that in itself becomes a problem because when we treat ourselves as if there's something wrong with us, then immediately we're not really on our own sides. We're judging ourselves. So we actually add to our overwhelm and we also add to our exhaustion because we're giving ourselves more things to do. So on top of all of the stuff we already had in our full lives, we now have this whole project of trying to improve ourselves so that we fit into this life. So it's like it's like an invisible double whammy. And over very sneaky at convincing ourse- ourselves that we need to do more. So that's another one to watch out for. And then another one, another thing that starts to happen is we start to believe that if only we just get through two, project done weekend holiday whatever it is so this like future magical time or if we just get this done so if we just complete something or if we can just be better in some way so this is linked to you know if i treating yourself as a problem to be solved but if i just solve this problem like maybe you've got a problem with your back or you know I don't know, sleep or there's something you've, you know, it's it, so this is the magical thinking of overwhelm where we think if only this happens, when this happens, then everything will be restored to how things used to be. And this is really dangerous thinking because actually all of that kind of thing leads to the invisible double whammy of even more to do, even more overwhelm, even more to fail at. Really not good. So just notice if any of that is kind of ringing true for you without judgment. So I just invite you to all of these things I'm saying to notice completely neutrally, um, which is not easy. So so this is this is how I would do it. Notice, oh yeah, that resonates. Oh no, that doesn't resonate. Oh yeah, that really resonates. Oh my goodness, I didn't even realise that. Oh, this is terrible, this is a disaster. And then you can, so you're noticing your reaction, and then on top of that, you can notice if the mind is weighing in with any judgment, shoulds, oughts, um, anything at all. So you can just notice layers upon layers of stuff that might not be visible. For you to you before how much you should yourself how much you think you ought to be different how much you're judging me and thinking oh no Heidi I'm not that bad or you say it's okay Heidi but it's really terrible you know like so you could be judging me you could be judging yourself in general the mind is really really good at judging it's just how it works to keep us safe but it's not always helpful because it's not a happy way to look at life and all of these things add to a sense of life being hard everything becomes hard you know it's it's just hard why is life so hard everything's so frustrating why can I not move that forward why am I so tired why is it so hard to sleep why 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 it's just hard and this this anger about it being hard I think is useful because that that can drive you to say right I'm going to do something about it I've had enough and hopefully it can lead you to a stage where you go right this is not the life I intended to live this is not what I worked so hard for the life I had in mind was much nicer than this the life I had in mind when I worked so hard had a lot more freedom choice ease I felt better I felt healthier I found it easy to take weekends off whatever whatever is. i found it easier to get stuff done you know so just noticing the difference between how things are and what you actually had in mind when you work really really hard really really important noticing that it's hard and you don't like it even though that's not very nice having to face up to that is unpleasant but it's a really really good place to be because it gives you the motivation to say right i'm doing something about it i'm taking it seriously because the problem is is that when we're stuck in the, if I just get that done or if I just get through to the next holiday, when I move house, when I get that promotion, when I get that client, everything magically be better. The problem with that stage is it can go on for a long time. It went on for years and years for me, probably a decade. And it costs a lot. And it's a trickster. So what it does is. Um, Because things do get better for a short amount of time or, or, you know, to a certain extent, getting things done does work, even if the cost is really high. Over a long term, getting stuff done by pushing yourself to exhaustion costs. And, And you can you can kind of surf that verge of burnout and breaking for quite a long time by, you know, kind of slightly rearranging things you know by booking a slightly longer holiday or more massages or you know because those things are all good things but fundamentally something's wrong because your life isn't working for you and the temptation is to go well there's something wrong with you but what I really want to say to you today is don't blame yourself there's nothing wrong with you nothing wrong at all it's overwhelm. And it's time we took overwhelm more seriously. So let me explain. So overwhelm can be disparaged quite easily. Oh, that person's always complaining they're overwhelmed. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about you. You're the person who doesn't tend to complain that they're overwhelmed. You're the kind of person who just gets on with it. And it's that which, which makes you my kind of person. I'm your biggest cheerleader but you have to take overwhelm more seriously than maybe other people do. And the reason for that is you're not willing to settle. So a lot of people who complain about feeling overwhelmed who come to you and ask for your help and you help relieve some of their stress and overwhelm, they're actually fine. And the reason they're fine is they will always ask for help and they will always offload stuff to other people and they will always moan and I'm not saying they always will and this isn't a judgment but there's a difference between people who are actually just like well life is overwhelming but actually I'm I'm kind of all right with that and you who wants more so it's the wanting more that that is good but means that to have it because you are the kind of person who wants your full life your full adventure settling's not going to work for you you've considered downsizing your dreams you've considered like you know reducing your responsibilities so you're not feeling so overwhelmed or pressured but you know that won't work for you because actually you're the kind of person who wants to live your life to the full. Now this actually means that you're to me what I would call a struggling rebel. So You want to rebel against the status quo, which says overwhelm, exhaustion, you just have to put up with it. That's just how things are. If you want the level of success and the lifestyle you want, you're just going to have to put up with it. Whereas you're saying, actually, I don't want to put up with it and I am going to find a solution because I believe in being happy. I believe in being well. I believe in being able to be present with those I love. I believe in enjoying the life I worked so hard for. And it's that, it's that inability to accept that this is just the way things are. It's that's the struggle. So that's to me is you're a rebel. You're not willing to just settle. And that's good. I love you. You're brilliant. Stay with me. Now, this means you're just going to have to find a different way to do things. And luckily for you, that's what the Overwhelm is Optional podcast is all about. So here's why overwhelm's optional. First of all, Overwhelm is inevitable. Let's start there. Overwhelm is inevitable because the human mind isn't designed to be in charge. It's just not. In general, the human mind tends to be very negative because its entire bias is to keep you safe. That's why it's judging all the time. It's going, is that dangerous? Is that safe? And it's making really, really fast decisions about threats. And because we are taught from a very young age not to trust our hearts, not to follow our hearts, not to listen to our bodies. No, you can't go to the toilet now. You have to have a wee before you get in the car. Now, I'm not saying that's bad because we have to train our bladders. We have to be sociable. We have to live within Um, society and also we want control of our bladders we want manners we want the ability to pause and wait before we eat we can't you know we don't want to be um, not socialized but when we're taught particularly as we get older um, particularly at school I'm thinking of you know when you're told you need to work really really hard so that you can have a better life and then it becomes about overworking For some people, for you, not for everyone. So some people hear the advice to overwork and revise to get good exam results and then study for years ahead of that. Or that that setting up a business is hard and you have to overwork. That's just part of it. Some people hear that and just brush it off. They just do. But you don't. You take it on board. You take it seriously. And that's why you're such a gift to the world because you don't let people down, you always do a good job, you're great, you're amazing, you're reliable, I'd work with you, and I don't just mean work with you as your coach, I mean I'd work with you as in the kind of people, as I build my business, that I'll be employing, will be people like you, because you're trustworthy, have high standards, but also you want your full adventure, and there's something for me really wonderful about people who want that, you know, it's like you don't want to just be serious and work really hard and, you know, achieve. No, you, you also want to sit and read a book. You also want to gaze at a sunset. You also want to laugh and have fun and play with your dog. Like It's that's a really good mix. It's who I am. And I love me and I love my clients. So Let's talk about overwhelm. What happens is we are trained from a young age to overuse our mind to disconnect from our hearts because it's dangerous to follow your heart. You end up pregnant and barefoot in the kitchen. Um, you can't do art, you must do science. And I'm not saying none of this is true. i I'm, I'm not I'm not an advocate for just following your heart. What I'm saying is that when we t- when we are taught to not listen to our bodies. to to sit still not fidget even our bodies really need to move Um, when everything about our bodies is kind of like slightly disparaged oh you're not hungry again you've just had a drink how can you need another drink you've just been to the toilet how can you how can you be tired why are you not going to sleep now within that is the socialization as I've said but there comes a point where we can take it too far. That's what the inconvenient tear leakage is. That's what the exhaustion is. That's what the weird aches and p- pains are. That's what the bumping into things and ending up with a weird bruise is. Um, you know, that's that's the in- inability to sleep. It's it, When we disconnect from our bodies and when we when we stop listening to our bodies, when we, you know, the body's saying, yeah, I'm tired, I need to rest now. Yeah, I'm hungry, I need food. And we're like, no, I'll just get this done. I'll just work through my lunch break so that I can leave I can finish work earlier. The more we do that, the more we lose a really, really important part of our internal navigation system, our compass. So for me, overwhelm is inevitable because we've learned to overuse our mind. So we're overloading the mind. We're holding a lot in there. We're asking the mind to make all decisions. So instead of deciding we're thirsty, we have a drink, we might, for example... Google how much water we ought to have. So instead of trusting our bodies, oh, I'm thirsty, I'll drink water, I'll be fine. More and more, the messaging is you don't know how much water you need to drink. More and more, we're getting information on what to eat, when to eat, how to sleep, how to exercise. You know, there's so much information related to our bodies, you know, to trust our, to outsource what our body does because we have this disconnection this lack of respect I believe for the body now the body is amazing the body is so incredible and reconnecting to the body and watching how it maintains itself how it's always there for you how it self heals and self regulates and how it really responds to self-care you know is is such a beautiful adventure um, that I love watching my clients go through. It's just such a privilege. The body is amazing. And then the heart, you know, that daring to listen to your heart, that can really, really help, obviously, in, in having more happiness, in purpose, in living in a way that works for you. But that can actually be even harder than listening to the body, because we, often from the heart, we don't just get, oh, this will make me happy. We also get, yeah, that's not making me happy. (laughs) You know, so it can be tricky. I think we are particularly warned against listening to the heart, particularly warned against that culturally. So and then for the mind, the mind, I believe, really needs and responds well to practices Um, And all my practices are tiny, tiny, huge life changing practices, things that fit into your life when you're overwhelmed and are really, really easy to use that don't add to your overwhelm. Very, very important. So the mind really needs practices like kind of like stabilizers for the mind, keeping the mind as positive as possible, allowing the fear and self-doubt and stuff that comes up to be released in a way that's helpful rather than like drudging through masses of self-development hell when we're just like always working on ourselves I need to get rid of this I need to improve this I need to revisit my past and do this there's there's time for in your life to choose whether you want to have therapy or whether you want to do some deep work but there's also a, a time when we just say okay enough i've been doing self-development for a long time and it's time to just like capitalize on all of that growth and really accept and love myself so the mind really needs practices that help it stay out of overwhelm so i always tackle the overwhelm first because if you see it like this When we're in overwhelm, we can't think clearly, can we? By by definition, that's how we know we're overwhelmed. We're like, oh my God, I can't see the wood from the trees. It's really hard to make a decision. I don't really know if this is the right thing. I'm finding it really hard to focus. I keep procrastinating. When I do get time to myself, I don't really know what to do with it because I've forgotten how to use it. So this is a signal to me that this isn't the time to make a decision. This isn't the time to try and get things done. When you're overwhelmed, you need something that gets you out of overwhelm first. So prioritizing, learning to prioritize, dealing with your overwhelm first, preferably first thing every morning, before you rush to get stuff done, before you try and make decisions, that's key. Because what you're doing then is you're learning to control your attention. You're saying, okay, it matters to me that my mind has some some clarity, you know, getting some headspace before starting your day, before deciding how much of your time and energy you're going to commit to your to-do list, which thing's on there. So when we're stuck in over we're reacting all the time and it's exhausting. So we're just like, it's like swatting flies, isn't it? It's like, I've got to get that done. If I get that done, then I'll have some space. If I get that done, get that done, get done. And because we can't control life, so on top of our to-do list is all of the other stuff that happens, it's always out of control and it's it's really really unpleasant everything's harder we we we're misusing our energy so when people come to me and they're like oh i don't have any energy and then i just do some work on their overwhelm they're really surprised that they have more energy and this is because when you're in overwhelm you're taking it's easy to take a lot of ineffective action in the mistaken belief that that getting stuff done will provide relief from the overwhelm so that everything we do becomes about trying to find space for ourselves when actually the, the key is to deal with the overwhelm, to take it seriously. Overwhelm is serious. It's inevitable because of the way we've set up. Well, because of the way the mind has evolved, but also the way that we have set up the modern world where there is so much to overwhelm us. So the Internet is like a big source of overwhelm, isn't it? It's got tons of amazing information. Um and it's also got lots of stuff that can trigger us into fear, doubt, anxiety, more things to do, more fake emergencies, and can really, really overload the mind very, very easily. So really, the internet should be used with Ken. But that's a whole nother episode. So prioritising, taking overwhelm seriously, realising where you are at the moment. So All of the things I mentioned earlier in the episode, how many of those feel true for you and to what extent? So just taking stock, noticing how much overwhelm um, you're experiencing at the moment and then taking it seriously. So this is what I would do. I would find practices that help you deal with the overwhelm first. So I have lots of practices, obviously, because this is what I specialize in. Um, the first one I would give to you is the one minute mark, because that's a one minute life changing audio that quite literally gets you out of overwhelm immediately. Using that daily will make a difference. That's the absolute place to start. Everybody uses it. it it's brilliant. So you can get that um, by going to HeidiMark.co.uk, the one minute mark, and then you sign up to my mailing list. And I will send you three emails to help you to support you in using that audio um, because sometimes people just listen to it once and then they forget because that's the nature of being overwhelmed right but the best win in the world you can't keep signing up for lots of different things to help and they're not using them it's not that's not going to work which brings me on to the next thing really is 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 upping your commitment to yourself so when when people join my group programme, Get Your Life Back, for 90 days in a row, they commit and then they commit further, obviously. But just taking those 12 weeks and just every single day doing the morning promise, which is committing to yourself first, that that changes everything because you're saying, I matter, I'm a priority, I'm going to deal with the overwhelm first. And, and starting your day with a commitment to yourself Um, and deepening that as you as you go through your life thinking well actually I really want to feel this today and then you can kind of bring you can literally bring that into the morning promise so you're each day you do the morning promise it has a slightly different flavor depending on what it is that you're dealing with or what you want to call more of into your life so however you want to do it committing to yourself as important now if you think about it if you're the go-to person to get things done, if you're in a position of professional responsibility, if a lot of people are depending on you, even if you think it's selfish to put yourself first, from the point of view of all the people relying on you, it's clearly not. So if you can't do it for yourself, do it for them first. Just start. Start however, however you can get started with this. Notice the overwhelm. Notice the symptoms of overwhelm that I've described. Take care of yourself by saying, I matter. And commit to doing something about the overwhelm first. I just wanted to end this episode um, by sharing a client win. So all of the people I work with, whether inside my group program, Get Your Life Back, or my one-to-one clients. I am their biggest cheerleader. So I'm always going to take the opportunity, when I remember, to share client wins. And I really wanted to share this very special one this week. So it was the realising that you can look after yourself, you can prioritise yourself, you can prioritise doing the things that you want to do without letting anyone else down. Now, this is this is a client win for more than one client. But, but this week, I really want to celebrate this client who's really, really engaged with the coaching and has really practised the listening to what she wants to do and has started to integrate into her life many of the things that she's always wanted to do but on top of that just noticing the impact on other people and what actually happens when we do this when we dare to prioritize ourselves is that the people around us either don't notice and that's quite interesting or they're pleased because we're easier to be around So I just really wanted to share that because often we think that we can't have what we want and that we just have to put up with the overwhelm. But then we get stuck in the struggle. So it's the struggling rebel state of, yeah, I wanted more than this, but I don't know how to make it happen. So I'm just going to see if I can keep getting through because things are bound to get better when. But actually, the truth is that when we deal with the overwhelm, we learn to prioritize ourselves, when we learn to really control our attention, deal with the overwhelm, give the mind practices to to just stabilize it and to make it normal to take decisions and action out of overwhelm with with space for ourselves to be able to respond and not react when we start to really listen to our bodies and allow our hearts to guide us towards the kind of life we really want, not only is it easier to do that, but it's actually nobody really notices. Like We think it's going to be a big deal that's going to disrupt things, but the opposite happens. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that it's inspired you to really listen to what's going on for you and to do something about the overwhelm so instead of trying to do something about the exhaustion the stress the needing to be more organized needing to keep everyone happy needing to be fitter needing to sleep better whatever it is instead of all of those things yourself as this big project just deal with the overwhelm first because that is the key that is the key to unlocking the way to set up your life in a way that works for you where you feel at home in your life where you can continue to be if you choose to be the person that people rely on but you can be happy in doing it and of course if you'd like help in doing that if you'd like to just cut all the working out for yourself if you want to hire me as your coach and your biggest cheerleader then just hop on over to click on the work with me page and then just book a discovery call so we can talk about whether we're a fit as coach and client to work together. Okay, have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If this resonates with you, please use the like, subscribe and share buttons to help other people find their way here too. And please do go to www heidimarkcouk forward slash the one minute mark with an e to join my mailing list and receive my free one minute life-changing audio practice